high sticking to breaking down the middle. Here's the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Presented by Wolf GMC Buick. We're making it easy. WolfGMCBuick.com. Welcome to the lowdown. Today's show, Oilers 16 in a row, building some history in real time. This could be Peak McDavid era. Oilers right now. I'm serious. They don't win a Stanley. This might be one of the things that we talk about for the next 25 years. Well, Declan will be talking about. You can reach us sports1440.ca, iHeartRadio, Radio Player Canada, Apple and Spotify podcast. The Lowdown is driven by Wolf GMC Buick on the corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Discover event is on right now, and they're blowing out 2023 GMCs. Discounts up to $8,000 plus 0% financing. Visit wolfgmcbuick.com. There's an E on the end of Wolf. Our guest today, Rachel Dory, Jason Greger, and Declan will do his Mama Mia. You can text us at one 401 on Twitter, at Low Tide, at Declan Kruger. And Mama Mia, we say hi to our friend Declan. How was your weekend? Oh, yeah, weekend was pretty good. Had a nice, chill, laid-back weekend. Got to watch some hockey, got to watch some football. Took you, it easy. It was nice. You and I had a chat in the green room before we came out. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you're upset at the Chiefs and Mahomes for beating Buffalo because... You're you're kind of like yeah I don't have anything to look forward to the Chiefs are in the, yeah it's I it, I think there's a little rage in the cage there that you're not letting out you the, should let it out there's definitely some rage in the cage there's definitely some sour grapes I'm just like I get how great Patrick Mahomes is and I I I do appreciate that we get to watch greatness week in week out and that we get to be you know around for this run. But it's just getting a little old. It's getting a little tiresome. It's getting a little boring. Where were you when he beat my Eagles at the Super Bowl? Were I was you supporting there. me? I was watching. No, I, I didn't really have a dog in that fight. Yeah. I was just cheering for a so good game, I'm which not, I got. I'm not cheering for you on this one. Because yeah. so what? You know. It's just like I get it. Like, I know you're good. I know you're great at football. We get it. Like, I would have loved to see Lamar have a chance to win his first ring. I would have loved to see well, the level. Lamar should have played better. Lamar could have played better. I mean, Zay Flowers, he was the guy who I feel like threw it away a little bit with that fumble. It's like I would have loved to see the Lions there as well. The Lions, the lovablest no, losers was, that were ever like, lovable. That's where if you, are, if you are this morning a Lions fan, you got to feel real bad because they, they had that game. Come oh, on now. They goodness, had it. Did they ever? Did they ever throw it away? I, I think uh, we got it. We'll, t- we'll get into it. We'll talk a little bit about Dan Campbell's play calling. But it just seems like, yeah, one team is the most talented team through and through in, in the NFL this year. And the other team has, you know, maybe the most talented quarterback we've ever seen and possibly the best tight end ever. It's just yeah. like, uh, you know, we've seen this movie before. It's getting a little old. Kelsey had a great game. I mean, he really did. Travis Kelsey went from looking washed and ready for retirement in the second half of the season to once again being an all-pro game-changing tight end. And it just flipped. Like, the switch just completely flipped like that. I don't know what to credit it to. Well, I know what what people aren't going to give credit to is uh, uh, Taylor Swift because this could happen now. All the people who said when they lose out, it'll be Taylor Swift's fault I mean, they said that. It's on the record. Looking a little foolish now, I think, because Taylor Swift, as some of us said at the time, will not have an impact. She cheers like fans do. She has a right to cheer for her guy. But it doesn't – these are professional football players. That doesn't have an impact. I'm sorry, it doesn't. This whole idea about, well, she's, she's gone Yoko and she's splitting up the Beatles. How the hell would you know? 
this is it's borderline. In fact, it is farce. A football team is playing and they won, and Kelsey played a great game. So, I mean, look, if you want to say this is going to be the year of Kelsey, like you know, probably as a football player and as a human being, he's having a hell of a run. Great, but as Declan said, not so long ago, there were people you know questioning him. And actually saying that maybe his girlfriend was holding him back, which is absolutely, I'm sorry, it is the kind of verbal that that you would, if it entered your mind, you would say, I'm not going to express that because it's too out there. I hope people would do that. Would you do that, Declan? I hope you would. I would probably do that. And I just want to say, as far as having a year, as far as being a human male goes, you make $14 million a year in salary. You're dating Taylor Swift. And you're about to play in the Super Bowl again. Like, that is a pretty good... And you got the number one podcast in the world. Number one sports podcast. You're having a pretty good year for Travis Kelsey. So you're saying... going right for you. If, if, like, if he goes into a restaurant and he orders something and they're out of it, he should shake it off. Yeah, he should yeah. shake it off. Yeah, Taylor right. Swift, I get uh, okay. it. Cruel summer. Who do you think pays when they go out for dinner? Who cares? They can both afford it. <laughs> yeah, good point. I mean, one thing I will say, how do you spoil your person, her or him? Ah, I know. Like, how, do you, how do you do something that they go, oh, my God? You know, like the, the you know, uh, you can do that with me for pretty much nothing. You know, buy me a Cuban lunch and well, I'm happy. I still owe you that Hot Wheels. Which Damn right I, I am going to get you. I am going to get yeah. you that Hot Wheels. But if you need any help, different. I'll let you know. Okay. Uh, a lot of things I want to say. Uh, Rachel Dory. Uh, from Staff and Graph uh, Podcast will join us. Also, Jason Greger will join us. We'll talk about the weekend, the orders ahead, the all-star break and game, what the orders might do, and Mamma Mia with our friend Declan all on the way. We've got to wait a week and a day for the orders to get 17 in a row. Maybe they're playing Vegas. That's a tough one. And then the schedule gets tougher, and it's more frequent. This will be a tough run. Now, benefiting the orders is the run that they've just had. I mean, they ran the table in January. And they've just been going strong since about the 24th of November. But also happening, also in photo, also in the Pacific, is the dive, 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 dive of the Los Angeles Kings. And I will bring this up to you today because I don't think it's going to happen. And I do like him as a coach. And I think that that people make too much of his haircut. Todd McClellan is a good man. I think he is a good coach. But I wonder if this goes on much longer, if the Los Angeles Kings will be forced to make a move. JMO. JMO. But I wonder. Especially when you see Edmonton doing so well after making a coaching change. And if they do make a coaching change, may I just linger just a moment longer on this? If the Kings make a coaching change, why not Jay Woodcroft? It's Los Angeles. We know that he has show business experience. He was on, what was the name of that show that he was on? Littlest Hobo? Yeah? With the poison, with the poison and the poison? Yeah? Say maybe Jerry Woodcroft, he goes to L.A., he becomes a big celeb. They redo, they do a movie of Littlest Hobo with snippets from his, okay, maybe not. But L.A. might change their coach. Okay, uh, there's two things I want to draw your attention to. One I will do now and one I will mention now and do more on at 1220. Our friend Daniel Nugent Bowman, who will be on the radio tomorrow uh, from The Athletic, he has written, uh, done an interview with Jeff Jackson 
I would encourage you to read it. We'll talk about it more about 20 after, but in there he talks about the analytics department, how well they're doing. He talks about Ken Holland, the relationship that they have. He likes it. They're doing well. It, 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 it really was a kind of a kumbaya interview, but he also talks about the trade deadline and what they might want to do. So check it out. It's up at the athletic site right now. There's been a lot of articles up today. I put one up. There are others. Go find the Daniel Nugent Bowman item. It is really good. And it's a very strong look at what may happen, not just in the next three weeks or so, but in the summertime too. And I think you'll feel really good about the Edmonton Autos and where they are based on that interview. It was very, very interesting. Jackson is media savvy, which is he says things. He doesn't give you too much, but he says things that are that are interesting and provocative and worth reading. And he gives you a little insight into what's happening, but he doesn't give it all away. That has been a problem in the past with this organization. Not so today. Of course, they're on a 16-game heater, so that helps. The rumor that I, re- I was driving out of town on Friday, I heard a rumor. I don't know whose rumor it is, so I apologize if it's somebody and I missed it, but I, had, I did not read it and I wasn't around to read it. So the rumor was the first round pick for the Oilers 2024, which is what about 24 to 32, we'll say. It's a later pick. It's like a really good early second round pick. Kulak and Borgo to Calgary for Elijah Lindholm. And I wrote about it in The Athletic. I I, I wrote about something that I was going to write about, with, which is I think the Oilers, because everybody's playing well, could shoot the moon and get a like a, a Gensel or a Lindholm or, or somebody of that ilk. And what would it cost them? And I think that, that if you're looking for Lindholm and the, the rumor is, is Kulak, a, a first-round pick in 2024, and Borgo, that's not enough. It's not heavy enough. And here's why. Xavier Borgo is not unique. He's a first-round pick, but he's a first-round pick who's not scoring and he's struggling. And every NHL team has a first-round pick who's struggling. They don't need to add them. It's like, remember when the Oilers traded Ryan Smith and they got Omara and uh, they got a first-round pick that ended up being Alex Plant, and they got Nielsen. The, you have to get something a little more substantial if you're trading Lindholm. No disrespect to Xavier Borgo. I like him as a player. But right now, in the here and now, they have not showcased him in Bakersfield. He is not playing with Lane Peterson. He's not playing on a major line. He is not a major factor. He is the, They're running Seth Griffith on the top right wing, and he's playing well. But he's not a prospect, and there's no showcase going on. And I do not think that Xavier Borgo's value is enough to move the needle. No disrespect for anybody involved. I'm just stating a fact. So if you're going to make a trade like that, you have to figure out if you're willing to trade Broberg or you're willing to trade Dylan Holloway. Now, the good thing for Ken Holland and the Oilers is they can figure out if Holland is, or Holloway is the guy between now and the deadline. People are saying, well, he's playing well. Now. Okay, fine. That's two games. You've got all the way until the deadline in March to find out if Holloway can fill that role. Right? And they're going to give him, he's down in the AHL right now. He'll play, I think they play three games this week and the weekend before the Oilers play again. And then they'll come back up. They've got plenty of room to do that. But it would behoove the Oilers to also showcase the guys who might be secondary. Like, play Olivier Rodrigue, if that's the guy. Campbell's playing well, by the way, in the in the AHL for Bakersfield. But play some of these other guys because right now Borgo's he just doesn't move the needle. 
I watch him play. He's struggling. He's in between in the offensive zone. He gets chances, but he doesn't cash. You know who is cashing more often is Carter Savoy. That's a guy to pay attention to. Matt V. Petrov, starting to feel it. Borgo, not so much. That's my opinion. I want to talk to you today about Sidney Crosby, and I will do this throughout the day, but I want to just make mention of it. Kyle Dubas is going to have to make a decision soon, and I'm not saying it's going to happen now. I'm not saying it's going to happen at the deadline. But there has to be a moment where Dubas talks to the veteran leadership of that group. They've won Stanleys. They've been around forever. It is unlikely Sidney Crosby is going to get traded. But you have to go to Crosby and say, this is going to be a two-year rebuild. We would like to have you. And if we can get you, we'll try to get Gensel. And if you are not interested or not sure, we might trade Gensel at the deadline. I think that conversation has to happen based on where Pittsburgh is now. We'll see. I'm tooling into the station today, and I hear Kevin Carius, his dulcet tones on the radio, and he mentions Dick Irvin coming on the show on Wednesday. Dick Irvin is, number one, he's a great guest. I interviewed him in the 80s. I have it on a reel-to-reel at home somewhere. He's a really brilliant guy. He's got a really sharp mind, been around forever, part of the great Habs broadcast on Hockey Night in Canada when they were top drawer. And a guy who's written books, a guy who has always been a class individual, and he's coming up on Wednesday on Carius's show. I cannot wait for it. By the way, Kevin has Glenn Anderson tomorrow, or they're trying to get Glenn Anderson tomorrow when Grant Fuhrer is in. That's some good talent coming up on that show tomorrow, and then with Anderson, and then Wednesday. I don't know what the time is, but Carius will tell us tomorrow. We talked about the NFL weekend. I'm actually happy with, with San Francisco is an interesting team to me. If they won, I would be okay with it because it's been, I believe, since Steve Young that they won anything. That's a long time. And then the the Chiefs would be the first team in 20. When was the last time somebody won two Super Bowls in a row? It had to be New England. I think it was New England. I'm trying to think. It, it would had have to been, be 20 years ago. Yeah, it would have been like the the 0405 that era. The seasons get a little mixed up because who this, does they uh, beat in 04? Do you remember who they beat in 04? That was the Eagles. Yeah, and uh, remember they cheated. They got fined later on because they cheated. Yeah. I'm, oh, you know it's okay though because it's Brady. Al, you gotta let it go. That's ancient no. ancient history at this point. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I I enjoy I enjoy the NFL results. I'll put it that way. Do we have the do we have the uh, there was a rumor out that one of the Winnipeg Jets defensemen was going to be on waivers today. Do we have the waiver list? We do have the waiver list up. Okay. Um, nothing from the Winnipeg Jets today. Well, Minnesota did claim him, though. Declan Jones. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, then clearly I have an outdated waiver list here. Devin Shore has been placed on waivers. Interesting. Think the Otters would bring him back? Probably not. That's my guess. I know they liked him a lot. 
In fact, I think he worked out with the Oiler players. Darcy said, good morning, boys. I will pay you not to talk about Mahomes, Kansas City, Kelsey, or Taylor Swift today. Well, how much? Does the Lavoie hand injury cause any issues at the deadline? Maybe. Um, I read somewhere that Mike Griffith had tweeted out it was not uh, broken. So we'll see. Because you... I don't think he would be a centerpiece, but he might be something like what we saw with Mike Kesselring a year ago. Hey, Tide, so how do they pay Lindholm this year and then he's gone from Hacksaw? Well, if you look at Puckpedia, they did they broke down all the numbers about where the orders are. They're not broke. And then Calgary would have to retain. All I'm saying is if the rumor is Lindholm for Borgo, a first-round pick in 2024, and Kulak... I think another team will offer more. That's my opinion. I think Boston will offer more. And other teams who need to send to the Rangers will offer more. Could be wrong. Don't let it go, Lotai. I just think it's so dumb. I just, I, if you're getting mad at Taylor Swift for being a fan of her guy, then I, what lane are you in? Because it's, I think, I think you're in a lane you don't want to be in publicly. You are calling out a an. I heard at the beginning of this thing that Taylor Swift was trying to uh, become more famous on the back of the NFL. And if you know how famous Taylor Swift is, then you know that's not possible. I don't think is it possible? She's like Ali in '75. I don't think you can get more famous than Taylor Swift. Declan. Yeah, I think she is. You know, I actually had this debate not long ago. I'll make it quick because I know we have to get to break. I was talking to some friends of mine about who the most famous person on planet Earth is, and she was a name that came up a lot. I don't think it's her, but I think she's certainly in that conversation. Speaking of famous, when does Gregor shave his head? He has already. Oh, no, I saw him this morning. I didn't even look. He has already. Yes, he spoke at uh, at Robin Brownlee's memorial this past weekend, so he shaved it for that. And I bet he looked very dapper. He looked great. Yeah. I'll tell you, I was yeah. there. And he looked, yeah, he looked very put together. All right. Okay, we'll take a break. On the way, hockey rumors and then Rachel Dory at 1240. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Lowdown on Sports 1440. Brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Visit wolfgmcbuick.com. Time for our rumors segment. Rachel Dory from Staff and Graph at 1240 and 120 today. Jason Greger, Mama MMA. With the ABBA song introing it at 140 today with our friend Declan. Want to draw your attention to Daniel Nugent Bowman's uh, piece about uh, Jeff Jackson, the Q&A. There's lots in there. I'm not, going to, I'm not going to divulge all of it. Please read it. It's a brilliant piece. But he talks about a lot of things, including Ken Holland's future, including how he works with Ken Holland and other members of the staff, and they're mentioned in there about Michael Parcati and the analytics group that are, we're hoping, doing fine work, if you're a follower of the owners. He talks about Chris Knobloch. He, you know, I, I know there are connections in all hockey and certainly in the OHL, but when he ran through that he, he'd, you know, seen Knobloch work in not just with Erie when he was with Connor McDavid, but also as an assistant in, in Philly and then Hartford at the AHL, um, and he said he had very various clients 
play for him. There's a there it the thread of logic, reason, and timing becomes more obvious as you read that. And if you worked for a period of time, say a few decades in whatever industry you've chosen, you know that there is a lot of hey, they've hired a new boss, and then the new boss will hire people that he knows. It is human nature to do that, and. We did not know, I did not know at the time, that Knobloch was was well known to Jeff Jackson as he is. But that's how that worked. And it's in the article by Daniel. Talked about the deadline, what they're looking at. And he he goes, he talks about what, what is happening now, goaltending specifically. And he didn't mention Jack Campbell playing well. Uh, but he also said, you know, we have track now. We have time to see what happens between now and the deadline. So my guess is the orders are making calls. There are conversations going on. It's like the rumor that I heard that I just don't buy. I don't. I. I. I like Xavier Borgo plenty as a prospect. In fact, I think he's the best prospect under uh, fifty NHL games in the system. He is not playing well right now, and every NHL team has a first round pick who's not playing well in the minors right now. Every one of them. They don't need to add another. So if you're going for Lindholm, I know the twenty twenty four first is out. It's out the door. Kulak was mentioned in the rumor, and Borgo. I think you're going to have to upgrade the Borgo to Dylan Holloway if you want to get that done, or Broberg. I think Broberg is is right in that mix too. That's my opinion. We'll see how it rolls out. But if Holland gets, if he gets, if he gets that deal done with the 2024 first Borgo and Kulak for Lindholm, then that's a, I think that's robbery. I think Craig Conroy will will have looked uh, shy on that trade. Anyway, my recommendation is that you read the article from Daniel. I mentioned earlier the Seattle Kraken have placed Devin Shore on waivers, getting him to Coach Alley Valley. They're, they got some guys who are playing well in the minors, some guys getting healthier. Minnesota Wild have claimed Declan Chisholm from the Winnipeg Jets. He's a good player. He's been improving. He was drafted in 2018 in the fifth round. He's played in the AHL for... This would be his fourth year, uh, and he's played well. He had 43 points in 59 games a year ago from the blue line and five points in six games before getting recalled this year and one point in two NHL games with the Winnipeg Jets. So he has been claimed today by Minnesota. It's, it's, this deadline feels like it's going to be very active. There are examples of why all popping up almost every day. The Rangers are now informing their fans that Philip Chatil won't be back. He suffered a setback uh, in his recovery from a concussion in practice, and now he won't be back. Brendan Gallagher, who's been kind of out there as a rumor, he is um, five five game suspension, so that will impact. But he's a guy who might come into play at the deadline. We'll ask Rachel Dory about it. I think that was a little light. You know about Zach Parisi signing with Colorado, one-year deal? The Morassic deal is, is old news now, but I think it is sinking in about what is available for NHL teams. Travis Hamannick's uh, skated in a non-contact for uh, Jersey. We'll see if that, you know, when it leads to something. Dominic Kobali could play for Ottawa against 
Nashville tonight. We'll find out as the day rolls along. The Edmonton Oilers are number one on the TSN NHL power ranking. And that's for the second week in a row to my little Casey Kasem. We're counting down to number one for the second week in a row. Did you ever listen to, you probably didn't. It was probably with Rick Dees by the time you were listening. Did you ever listen to AT40? I did. I heard it. I would hear it like on the uh, the weekends sometimes, like when we were driving to and from activities as a kid, and it would be on whatever station it was on at the time. If but, you uh, ever want to laugh your ass off, if you ever did listen to Casey Kasem, not like our friend Declan here, type into Google, um, Casey Kasem loses it over a long-distance dedication. He was coming out of a fast song, and then he had to go into a long-distance dedication where somebody wanted to hear Shannon, which is about a dog, and the dog, the person sending the, the letter had lost their dog, and they're trying to explain to Casey how emotional it was. Casey was trying to get into that mood and mode, and he couldn't do it off the back of a record that was hot, like coming in hot. And so in about two minutes... Maybe a little more. Casey Kasem melts steel. And I will say I've never done that to somebody that I've ever worked with. But it is impressive to listen to. And perhaps you want to, you know, put that in your arsenal of things that you have in your your drawer. Do you think the orders are overplaying Stuart Skinner? No, but the test will come now. That's what I meant about what, what Jeff Jackson said in the interview with Daniel Nugent Bowman at The Athletic. You're get, you are getting a chance here because the schedule picks up now between now and the deadline. The Oilers are going to play a lot. They're going to play Calvin Pickard more. And if he fumbles, maybe they bring up Jack Campbell. I don't think that will happen, but it could happen. And we will see. They're, they're going to get battle-hardened. The solutions they have... Skinner is the starter, Pickard is the backup, CC Nurse as as you know taking on the chores as they did the other night, but also getting significant help from Ekholm and Bouchard, and then the McDavid forward line. They work as a fine man unit. The, uh, people are down on CC, but I think he's just become the target. He's playing well. Cody CC is a really good NHL defenseman, and the people that are mostly being talked about to replace him are certainly no better and not enough to I think to to make a trade that's my opinion we'll see and I know people will disagree with me but we're allowed opinions and that is mine I think it's more likely we see a forward Drysidel's line doesn't have the the torque when he's got say Kane on the left wing and whomever on the right wing and I think I think that player whoever it is let's say Jay Gensel is out there still maybe it's Lindholm who could play Right wing, even though he's a center. Or he also can take the right side face-offs. Maybe it's Fogel. Right now it's Fogel. And then I do think they would like to have a right-handed center. You know, for, for tough draws in your own zone, when you're up by goal and there's 13 seconds left, if you had Lindholm there, that would be really, really good. There's one player I wrote about in my article today at The Athletic about whether or not the orders would go shoot the moon at the deadline. And it's a guy named Arthur Kaliev. And I've talked about him before. And I'm I am saying this because I mean it. Two years from now, he might be in Europe. But I think he'll be scoring 35 goals a year. You might have one window of opportunity to acquire this guy. 
L.A. might be slipping the grip on Arthur Kaliev. If I'm the orders, I, I make the move. I know that he's, he's, he's in the doghouse. He's not playing. He's not a terrific two-way guy. I get all of that. He scores goals. He's got a brilliant shot. That has high value. Something that the Edmonton Oilers might want to look at. Respect your outlook on Skinner. We'll see going up to the deadline. I don't think they're overplaying him. Ask Gregor that. I think he'll give you the same answer. They need to play 71 and 37 together. Well, they'll have plenty of opportunity to do that. Guys, do you think the Oilers go for Flurry? No. I, I don't. I think I think the goaltending is, you know, I have this conversation quite often. Stuart Skinner's long resume, two years in the AHL, rookie of the year finalist last year. This is year four. He started off with some wobble, but the hardest thing to do, harder than the two years in the AHL, harder than the first year he was a Calder Trophy uh, finalist. He started poorly and he recovered. That's the kind of thing you should get extra credit for, but often do not. It's like this show. We started poorly, but then we recovered, and we should get credit for it. Yakupov had a brilliant shot, too. He couldn't hit the net. Now Yakupov, I still think he got injured in his draft year, and I think he was a different player after that. And he was more limited in what he could do. But he was, he, he was, not, the, he was not the sniper type. It wasn't Mike Bossy or Austin Matthews. He had volume shots, but but it went everywhere. And I also think he was poorly handled by the owners. Toffoli would be huge for this team. We had Tyler Uremchuk mention that on Friday. He's a big Toffoli guy. I don't like his numbers in New Jersey, but that's just me. Okay, 1235. Uh, we have reached out to Rachel Dory. I believe she is going to join us Next, if not, we will continue the conversation about the Edmonton Oilers. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. Sports 1440 in the Lowdown with Low Tide for Wolf GMC Buick. WolfGMCBuick.com. Check them out. It's a very busy day on the show. Lots happening. Football. Hockey, of course. And we're joined now by Rachel Dory. Uh, from Staff and uh, Graph Podcast. Uh, did you get, catch any of the football this weekend? Did you like the uh, Did you like the 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 final uh, Super Bowl combatants? Do you like that setup? Uh, well, I spent my entire birthday laying on the couch watching football. So yes, um, I am. I'm honestly, I think the way the Kansas City's playing, I'm really excited to watch them go up against the Niners in the Super Bowl. Um, it's interesting to kind of watch the line movement. It would have been really cool to see Detroit there, but I just think um, you got to get knocked down once before you can really get there. And I felt like um, this is probably where we were going to end up, but you just can't bet against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. Like it's just not a good idea. Uh, you said it was your birthday. It was. Yes. Happy birthday. Now, <laughs> As you get older, like I'm probably double and almost triple your age, so you don't celebrate them quite as heavily. So enjoy yourself when you're young, okay? I will. Okay. I will. I'll celebrate for you. <laughs> I, appreciate, I can't do that anymore. I, I really cannot. Uh, Oilers started 2-9-1. and one. They've been fire since. Uh, it's interesting because it, like, from a fan point of view, it's like, okay, the problems are solved, but that's not really how life works. So... All of the elements of the roster that are perceived to have been fixed, goaltending, defense, whatever else, um, 
they're not all solved, right? Danger does lurk ahead. I think it's less danger than um, people would like to think. Um, when we were having these discussions, when the Oilers were two nine and one, um, it was I was of the firm belief, and I know quite a few people in the analytics community were as well, that Edmonton was going to make a rebound just because they were getting obscenely unlucky and their underlying numbers were just, like they were top three in the league. And so it was almost like, there's no way this is going to continue. And lo and behold, it did not continue. Um, so now I think they've almost gone the other direction where they're just everything that can go right is going right. It's the anti Murphy's law. Um, and so I, do I think they're as good as this winning streak? No. I mean, we did the, the math and based on my model, like the odds of this winning streak were about 0.4%. And so uh, I don't think that that's really a great kind of strategy to use is to use this winning streak, but their underlying numbers are still absolutely solid. They have actually improved under Knobloch. They give up 40% less off the rush, which is a huge marker for team success. And so when I look at the Oilers, I actually do think that a lot of how they're playing is sustainable. I don't think their goaltending is sustainable, but I don't think any goaltending outside of Connor Hellebuck that's 930 plus is sustainable so I think that'll regress a bit but I think the Oilers are very clearly a cup contender with some of the changes they've made under Knobloch and the big boys being uh, the big boys so uh, one quick question on them then I'll move on but I I feel like if goaltending is solid the 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 bigger difference makers that appear to be available are forwards would you be surprised if the big deal the Oilers made was for say a right-handed center or a second line winger I don't think I'd be surprised but I will say there, there's one defenseman I think uh, the Oilers probably need to be in on. Not that I think he would ever be traded to Edmonton, and that's Chris Tanev. Uh, I think he's exactly what they need. But obviously with that rivalry, I'm not sure that that's going to be the case. Same kind of goes for Elias Lindholm. Like I just I can't picture a trade of that nature uh, going down between Calgary and Edmonton. And unfortunately, those are two of the top three guys that – are going to be available at the deadline. I like Adam Henrique. I think he could be a really good piece for the Oilers. But the reality is, I mean, you're getting depth contributions, and I think you probably need to shore up that back end a little bit more than you need to look at a any type of scoring. Because even if if McDavid and Dreisaitl aren't scoring in the playoffs, then it doesn't matter what depth you're getting because no one is going to make up for that. And so I think you need to be able to focus on keeping pucks out of your net so that you can afford to play in playoff games where maybe McDavid and Dreisaitl only get two points instead of four. Rachel Dory, our guest from Staff and Graph Podcast. The I'm using TSN here because it's in front of me and it was up just today. Their power rankings have Edmonton, Boston, Vancouver, Florida, Colorado, Dallas, Carolina, Winnipeg, Vegas, Toronto, and then the Rangers are 11. I perceive that there are more real contenders for the Stanley Cup this year than, than normal uh, and any of the top, say, 10 or 8 or whatever could win. Is that is is that your read as well, that there's a lot of shades of gray here? I think there's a lot of shades of gray when it comes to power rankings. Um, I don't necessarily buy into any of them um, just because I know a lot of it's arbitrary. Um, I know Dom has a model. I have one, but I think we're probably only the only two people that use any level of academic model to make power rankings. And so I would caution anybody that reads power rankings outside of DOMS because there's 
not really any mathematical input into it. So I think when I look at it, it's it's wide open every year. And that's the reality of the situation. You can get a hot goalie like Sergei Bobrovsky last year. Nobody had Florida doing that, but nobody had Sergei Bobrovsky putting up a 970. And so I think at any given season, it's wide open. I think this season it feels more wide open because there are teams in the perceived power rankings near the top that uh, on a generally speaking basis probably have no business being there. And it's probably not a sustainable type of thing. I also think when you mention all of those teams, seven to 10 of those are one injury to a specific player away from barely being able to make the playoffs. And so I think when you look at that, it's what is your ability to withstand injury? And some of these teams have absolutely no depth. And so I think it's, it feels more wide open because some of those maybe weaker teams are making a healthy run in those power rankings. But to me, those are not the true contenders. Like I think Winnipeg is got to be right up at the top, the same with Boston. And I still have some concerns about Boston. What what about Vancouver? Are do, do you are they as real as they look, or are their expected goals, which are far less than their their actual goal uh, totals, maybe a bit of a mirage? Yeah, I, I don't think they're a house of cards necessarily. Like I think they're a good hockey team. I think their true talent is probably are like top wild card, maybe third in the Pacific level. Um, but they're one of those teams that's one injury to a specific player away from being an absolute disaster potentially. And I think they banked enough points that they could probably withstand that level of injury and still make it into the playoffs. But I mean, if you're going in, like if you're Boston and you lose Linus Allmark, you have Jeremy Swayman. Well, in Vancouver, you go from Thatcher Demko to Casey DeSmith and that that comes falling down pretty quickly when your PDO is what it is. And that's the situation that they're in. And so I think Vancouver is a bit of a mirage in that like JT Miller and Brock Besser are shooting nearly double their career shooting percentage. That just absolutely isn't going to last. Andre Kuzmenko has regressed from last season, which a lot of people um, rightly predicted. And Satcher Demko has been back to his old self. And so I think, that he is masking a lot of what's going on. Interesting. Rachel Dory, our guest from Staff and Graf Podcast. Uh, you mentioned Tanev. We know Hannafin, Lindholm. Um, who Who is the one or two, and are they all on the Flames, uh, targets for teams this year at the deadline? I mean, uh, some guys will shake loose later as we get closer to March, but who do you, who do you, who's out there that you like and really feels, feel like could maybe move the needle? Yeah, I, I think Adam Henrique is a is a player that is probably somebody a lot of people should keep their eye on. Um, he's somebody that I I really like. I do think Noah Hannafin is, and Elias Lindholm are going to be hot commodities. And the other guy in Montreal is uh, Sean Monaghan. So I think if you're looking for a forward, you're probably looking at Henrique or Monaghan as those guys. I also, depending on how the next few weeks goes, I would wager that Tyler Bertuzzi is unavailable, but I wouldn't rule out anybody calling on him in Toronto. I think the next couple of weeks is going to be really telling for the Maple Leafs after the all-star break. And so maybe somebody like him shakes loose. And I would have to think that a ton of teams would be in on Bertuzzi if he were to become available. And I think the Oilers would have to be one of them. 
Um, and so I think from a forward perspective, Henry, Monaghan, potentially Bertuzzi, um, there's definitely a couple legitimate options available. I, I know Frank Petrano's name has been thrown about a little bit. I know Jake Gensel's name has been thrown around a little bit. I think those packages uh probably going to be a little bit too much. So you mentioned Gensel. Let's talk about Pittsburgh because I think we're we're about to see an interesting pressure point for Kyle Dubas. The Latang Malkin own goal, the official kind of bat signal that it's over for that veteran cluster. Do you believe that's true? And do you believe they would be active at the deadline to tinker or, or maybe they'd wait until the summer to start, you know, kind of reloading? I think, listen, it's really hard because if you look at the year Sidney Crosby's having, uh, he's in the heart conversation. Like he's just an ageless wonder. I think the odds of that goal happening with those two Hall of Famers are just so razor thin that you almost can't even really put any stock into it. I know it's everyone's like, is that the bad signal? I look at it and then I go, at least the puck was on their stick. Like when, when you're talking about contending, if you don't have a Malkin or a Latang and that's some sixth defenseman and it goes in your net, you're like, yeah, it's probably not our time because, I mean, look, who we have to put out there on the power play. Pittsburgh can at least put out a power play that has Crosby, Malkin, Latang, Carlson, and Gensel right now. And, like, that's – on true talent, that should be the second-best power play in the league behind Edmonton. And, I mean, maybe Toronto, but you look at Pittsburgh, and I think that unless Crosby – has some level of conversation with Dubas because let's not forget FSG is not going to allow Dubas to do anything if it doesn't have the blessing of 87. And so I, I wonder sort of, as we get to the deadline, I'm sure Dubas is having his preliminary conversations, but if Crosby says, I don't want a rebuild, like FSG is not going to rubber stamp Gensel um, being traded. And so I think a lot of it hinges on Crosby's belief and and where you go from there. Although, no matter what, I think you're having a serious conversation in the summer, whether you're trading Gensel now or in the summer. I think there's a conversation that needs to be had of what do we need to do to make this work. Final one, Brandon Gallagher, five games. Is that outrageous? It, it looked like it should be more to me. Utterly preposterous. Like, I, I... You can't look anyone in the face with any level of seriousness and say we're a serious league when like David Perron gets six games for what he did. And then Brendan Gallagher his like, there's no option there. I, I spoke to someone who's been suspended in the NHL before. And, and they, I'm like, what do you even say if you're Gallagher in that scenario? And he said to me, he goes, you walk in and be like, I lost my mind. Like, I'm sorry. And he like, this guy was shocked. Gallagher didn't get an in-person hearing because that was a chicken wing directly to the head. If we're not throwing the book at someone for 10 or 15 games for that, I don't really think you can say you have a department of player safety because they are very clearly not acting in the best interests of player safety. Yeah, it, it's, it, I, I'm still like astounded by it, absolutely. Rachel, have a great birthday week. Thanks for tuning, coming in and we'll talk to you next Monday. Sounds good. All right, there's Rachel Dory talking about a lot of different things, uh, including the Oilers, Tanev from Calgary. What would that take to get him out of there?
I think it would cost it would cost less than than Lindholm, and and you'd have to play a premium, pay a premium because Calgary, Edmonton, they have made trades in the past. Lauren Brassois came here. Tanev is an interesting one because he does have that kind of you know that grit. And and do you move CC? You'd have to move CC out at the same time, whether it would be to Calgary or another team. Not sure, not sure. It, it. I find myself defending CC because I think that that they're still playing tough minutes that pairing, and they're not playing as often with McDavid. So in a way, it's more difficult this year to play their minutes. That said. You know, if you can upgrade there. Defense is always important in the playoffs. And right now, maybe you don't do a thing because they're playing so well. Maybe you just improve the number seven defenseman. Maybe you get a guy who's who's legit. You know, Gary Doak. I don't think he plays anymore. Somebody like that. Somebody who can step in and and fill the role well. Do you have a favorite like for the deadline, somebody that you'd love to see come here, either forward or defenseman or goaltender for that matter. Mm. And this is anyone? This can just be... Anyway, f- doesn't matter. It could be RFA, Ooh. UFA, DFA. Yeah. Gensel? Yeah, Gensel would be good. I'd like that. I think that'd be great. I'd like Lindholm. I just don't think the deal that I heard on Friday is enough. And if Holloway plays well between now and the, the deadline, they're not going to trade him. In fact... You know, they may have already decided they're not going to trade him, but I think that will put them out of a lot of negotiations, a lot of opportunities, because other teams will just offer more for those guys. I upgrade Kulak before I upgrade CC. Well, I think if you're going to trade CC, you're probably looking to save money by sliding Broberg in there. That's my guess anyway. Okay, it's 12.55. On the way in hour number two of the show, Jason Greger will join us at 1.20. We'll talk about the NFL weekend. We'll talk about the Edmonton Oilers, their winning streak, and the fact that they got to wait a week and a day from now uh, to play Nashville for win number 17, they hope. And we'll also, our friend Declan will do Mama MMA. We may get into things other than strictly MMA. Maybe Stampede Wrestling. Maybe the Iron Claw. Not sure where we'll go, but it'll be fun, I promise you. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440, and it's time for an update. This is a Sports 1440 update. And for your Sports 1440 update, brought to you by Tommy Guns. The unique lounges and casual setting makes it easy for anyone to rock a new look and get the best hot towel shave experience in Canada. Book now at TommyGuns.com. There is one game in the NHL tonight. Nashville is in Ottawa. Puck drop for that one at 5 p.m. Around the NHL, New York Rangers center Philip Chittle will miss the remainder of the season. Columbus Blue Jackets forward Patrick Laine has entered the NHL and NHLPA player assistant program to receive care for an undisclosed issue. And Zach Cassian, who announced his retirement from the NHL in October, signed with HC Sparta Praha in Czechia on Sunday. In case you missed it, in hockey news, the USA Hockey Congress approved legislation on Sunday that will require all players under the age of 18 to wear neck laceration protection in games and practices. 
And former NHL player Alex Formanton turned himself into police on Sunday in connection with an investigation into an alleged sexual assault by several members of Canada's 2018 World Junior Team. A big night in the NBA with 12 games on the schedule, including Phoenix in Miami at 5, Milwaukee and Denver at 7, and Philadelphia in Portland at 8. And finally, former Toronto Blue Jays manager Jimmy Williams has died. He had a 281-241 and 241 record over 522 games with the Blue Jays before being let go in 1989. He returned to managing in 1997 with Boston and led the Red Sox to the playoffs in 98 and 99, where he was named the AL Manager of the Year. Hour 2 is up next. I'm Declan Kruger, and this has been a Sports 1440 Update.